The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Heather Petricelli. She is the strategy and historical director at Mnemonic Productions. But the big news is that she and her partner, Ami Pascal, the executive producer at Mnemonic, have come together to write a book called The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code, which is a code book for small children. Welcome to the show today, Heather. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so I I said that this is a book for young children, The Wonderful World of Creatures and Codes, but tell us more about it. When, When I say it's a book on coding for small children, what does that mean exactly? The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code is an A to Z picture book in which we have, you know, colorful, fun illustrations, and on each page, because it's A to Z, going A to Z, and in rhyming pairs, we have... We introduce children to HTML tags mm-hmm. and basic digital elements throughout the entire book. Okay, and why why did you come up with this idea? How did it come about? It came about because a friend of ours, Matt, someone that Ami had worked with for years at her digital agency, Instrument, um, was going to become a father for the first time, and he was having a baby celebration, and Matt is a developer, and, you know, we've been around the tech world for many, many years, and we knew exactly, like, in our heads, we knew exactly the gift we wanted to get Matt. We went to a store, and then we went to another store. We live in Portland, Oregon. We have Powell's, which is one of the best bookstores in the world, and then we have an incredible independent bookstore that specializes just in children's books called Green Bean Books. Neither one of them had what it was we saw, like what in our mind's eye, what we wanted to get him. So we decided to write the book that we wanted to oh. give to Matt. So that's exactly what we did. So you saw a need and couldn't find what you wanted and, and decided to just take it into your own hands. And as I understand it, the original book was something that you put together as a PDF in order to give the gift. But then you decided to make it a full-fledged picture book with... Um, nice paper and, I mean, what we would expect to buy at a bookstore. So tell us about that. You're you're doing a crowdfunding. Exactly. Once we'd given that uh, PDF, uh, Ami, and I, Ami has artistic abilities, but they are in a different realm of, like, doing hardcore illustrations mm-hmm. for a kid's book that we kind of, again, we had this image in our heads of how we wanted the pages to look. And then we had encouragement from our friends who are developers of, like, once they saw the book, they're like, you really should try to do something with this. So Matt's son, Camper, is now almost, you know, two. So you can tell it took a long time to yes. get from giving Matt a PDF to figuring out how to do this Kickstarter campaign. And the, the critical step was finding a illustrator who could bring the vision to life. So we finally met a man named Jason Hegland. We got, you know, we knew we got the images locked and dialed. We knew we had the words. And we originally were going to go trying to, like, shop it around at traditional publishers. But then we thought, well... 
in this day and age, let's take it to Kickstarter and find people who are like us who will see this book and be like, yeah, that's exactly something I want on my kid's bookshelf. So that's in a roundabout way how the Kickstarter came to be. Mm-hmm. And how is that going? Wonderfully. We're extremely excited. The campaign ends this Saturday. But um, things have been fantastic. You know, Kickstarter, I haven't, have you ever done a Kickstarter? I've never done a Kickstarter. I know a lot of people who have for various things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have heard that they're kind of a wild ride. Yes. It's a wild emotional ride. <laughs> so They can keep but, you yeah. really busy, too, fulfilling all the pledge uh, commitments and so forth. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, But we're thrilled with the response. I mean, basically what it says to us is that there are other people out there who want a fun kids' book about real code terms and and the the fantastic part is now that we're actually we we reached the funding we needed to make the book book physically exist for people, but once we got to that point, then we immediately were like, well, what can we do? And instead of kind of creating all these uh, tchotchkes or coming up with all these supplemental stretch goals that had to do with the book's world and getting people more things, we decided that what we wanted to do was create a stretch goal to raise as much money as possible to get the book into the hands of kids in need. So the more money we raise, you know, basically the more books we sell, the more money we raise, the more money we have to create extra books to donate to a nonprofit called First Book. Mm-hmm. And I understand you're trying to get it into as many libraries as you can as well. Yeah, well, First Book, we basically centralized the donation plan, which is like First Book is a nonprofit that works with, it basically works with, publishers or, you know, basically book titles for Mm -hmm. a better way of saying it sometimes. And it works with community organizations that include Title I schools, homeless shelters, Head Start programs. So they do the work across Mm -hmm. the country of getting the book to as many people. It's basically the way they would say it is to provide access to new books for children in need. And they do that work. So our goal is to get them as many books as possible. All right. Let's talk about, let me, let me before I go on, I, I want to ask you, you've hit your fundraising goal, and when you say you want to collect as much money as possible, does that mean you're going to extend the campaign past Saturday, or does that mean that it closes on Saturday uh, even though you've reached your goal and whatever you collect between now and Saturday is the excess? I'm just trying to get clarity on that. The latter. Basically, the campaign will end on Saturday. Saturday. But one thing I've learned doing this Kickstarter campaign is that there are a lot of people who don't understand the way Kickstarter works. And so some people people see it as a venue, like as a retail outlet to buy things that they would be potentially, or not potentially, but things that they would love to see come to fruition and exist. Mm -hmm. Some people see it as a space to donate to quote-unquote worthy causes where they don't think that much about the end product that they will receive, but they just want to back right. a worthy cause. So, yes, this campaign, no matter what, will be ending on Saturday, um, but we're trying to get the word out there that, yep, we reached our goal, and that is awesome. Actually, technically, we've doubled our goal. And That's that wonderful, awesome. yeah. But, yeah, but, but we're very focused on trying to raise as much money because we would love to be able to donate about 1,000 books to First Book to, to feel like we've – For us personally, it really matters um, to bring more diversity Mm -hmm. to the tech industry, and we think that this book is a minor step towards a more diverse industry. So don't 
just just because you hear it's ending Saturday and that they've reached their goal, don't hesitate to go out to Kickstarter. Is, is there something they should look up and and then make sure that you continue to donate? And and again, on Kickstarter, is there something that they should search for in order to find your page? You can type, go to Kickstarter and type in the Wonderful World of Creatures and Code. Okay, that so the name of the book. Okay. Go, yep, exactly. Or you can go to publishing. And kind of look, you know, we we float up pretty high on the publishing mm-hmm. page, so you see us pretty quickly if you okay. just went to their publishing. But yes, please go, go back a great book, and you know every book that we sell at this point helps a kid in need get a book themselves. Okay, go out to Kickstarter and then look up the wonderful world of creatures and code and make your donation because at this point it's it's become a cause type of campaign. Why now? You you've alluded to it a little bit, but I'm going to ask you directly: Why now? a code book for little kids. Why is it necessary? Well, it's necessary because we teach children um, their ABCs and their 1, 2, 3s as little kids. And in this 21st century global digital age, we believe that it's just as important for children to get the very, very basics of coding terms and understand, you know, very, you know, digital basics at a very young age. And and the reason we made it a rhyming book was because research has proven that rhyming also helps kids to to read, to learn right. to read. So basically, you know, we want our book to be the triple threat. We wanted to teach real coding terms. We wanted it to entertain children with, like, you know, amazingly cute illustrations. And then we wanted to help kids learn to read. Mm-hmm. And we and it's just, I mean, we live we live in a you know, global connected world at this point in time. And, you know, we do believe that, you know, it should be the ABCs, one, two, threes, and basic coding terms. You know, to be clear, we don't think a child is going to read the wonderful world of creatures and code and turn around and start developing. That's, that was going to be, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Are you actually trying to teach them code through these books? Or are you trying to generate exposure? We're trying to generate exposure and basic understanding. So, mm-hmm. So little kids from a very young age will have a base understanding of what HTML looks like. And this is, HTML is still the backbone of nearly every website you see. Exactly. Yeah. And and when you do this kind of exposure at a very young age, when kids are so open-minded, then it's not something scary. Uh, People, oh, code, code, you know, I can't learn code. But if it's something that they've grown up with, then it's just, it becomes second nature uh, with, with that kind of exposure. When we're talking about little kids, what age range are we looking at specifically that you're gearing well, this book towards? Picture books are very specifically for four to six-year-olds, but we like to say our age range is zero to 69, <laughs> you, know, like, you know. Basically, it's one of those things where we actually think that anybody who is very baffled by code could learn something from the book because for some people, code genuinely feels like magic to them. They have no idea how like, right. they use computers all the time. They go to websites all the time, but they have no idea how that actually exists. What we've been saying kind of in a very baseline way is uh, one to seven is an ideal range. We've tested it. We basically have tested it on multiple children between the ages of one and seven. Um, Of course, because of that age range, they take away very different things from the book, but it has passed, you know, we call it kid tested Mm -hmm. um, because all those age ranges have passed. And then we've had a developer approved where 
Ami and I can do basic coding. We've learned to have a basic digital literacy, so we both can do HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. But we don't make our living developing or you know, being software engineers. So Okay, so it, it really appeals to a wide age range. The primary purpose is to get this in the hands of parents who can help give their kids exposure to code, make it less scary, more friendly, and it's also intended for any age group, really, secondarily. I think um, it was either you or your partners, uh, you, you said that your grandmother could probably even read this, or that would need it, maybe. Was that you? Yeah, I, I said that in a, to a Fast Company reporter. Uh, by the way, as, as an aside, and it was my mother, and she did not appreciate it. <laughs> She's like, basically, publicly, you told people I need a children's book, and then you told them my age. <laughs> and I was like, um, yes, you should be proud of both. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, but it, it's true. She's a she's a baby boomer who uses computers day in and day out in her, her life. Um, but I think for her, the what is happening on the back end to create something on her screen, I think it does feel like magic to her. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so yeah, so she is someone who I think you know, we're we're in the process of writing an intro for both the children who read the book and their parents mm-hmm. to make sure that they feel very grounded in in what they're about to read so they understand what an HTML tag even is. Right. Well, I was just thinking so. here of our business owner audience that's listening. Not only is this just a great book that they can uh, maybe give their own children or uh, friends, uh, but the other thing is is that so many business owners that they think that code is magic too, but yet they ha- they're the ones who have to hire the developers for their websites and so forth, and really don't know anything about what they're hiring for. So this might be a nice little primer for them just to be able to um, speak the language slightly, or you know at least get a, a little bit of a of a start in communicating with the people they're going to be working with on the project. Absolutely. Um, I think that digital literacy, even at a very basic level, is extremely important for anyone living on the planet today. Um, So I absolutely agree because basically if you are a business owner and you have a website and there's something that you want different, you can actually even go, anyone can go to their computer and go view the source code of what page they're looking at. And all of a sudden, if you have an understanding, a basic understanding of what it is, you look at that page, and instead of seeing something, you're like, Jiminy Crickets, what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I can, oh, that, that's the tag that makes this the headline. Oh, and that's the tag that's making this a paragraph. And all of a sudden, it will start to make a lot more sense, and you can have m- more informed discussions with the people yes. that are hired to build these things. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk with you a little bit more about the book and a couple more questions about your crowdfunding campaign. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. We all want to run a smarter business, but how? The answer is ShopKeep, the iPad-based point-of-sale system that makes it easy to run a smarter business. From accepting payments, tracking inventory, running marketing campaigns, and managing employees, ShopKeep does it all, taking the guesswork out of running your business. Right now, and for a limited time, ShopKeep is offering $500 in free hardware – 
You heard that right. That's $500 in free hardware from ShopKeep. To get the $500 in free hardware, visit shopkeep.com forward slash smart today. That's shopkeep.com forward slash smart. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with Heather Petricelli, who is the strategy and historical director for Mnemonic Productions, and she's also the co-author of The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code. She's written that book along with her partner, Ami Pascal, who is also with Mnemonic Productions. And In the first half of the show, we heard all about how the book came because she wanted to give it as a gift to one of her friends who is a coder, and they couldn't find one. So that was just the genesis for the book. And then, you know, the book is a picture book, A to Z, that helps introduce HTML to kids. Um, It's a wonderful book from what I've seen on Kickstarter, Heather. One of the things that I want to talk with you about is that Kickstarter campaign a little bit more. You've got a level in there called Become Immortal. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, we. when you are doing a Kickstarter campaign, you have to come up with all these award levels. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a bigger ticket one, and we knew we had to do it. And so all of a sudden we were actually looking at the pages of the book with our illustrator, Jason, and we were like, hey, I mean, the target audience is children. What if we give, you know, a few parents the ability to have their child drawn into the pages of A Wonderful World of Creatures and Code? That would be awesome. Oh, I thought it was a wonderful (laughs) idea. Yeah. um, We, all three of them, sold. I have someone, you know, kind of emailing me right now back and forth trying to convince me with the cuteness of his child to allow a fourth person to do it. His child is pretty adorable, so it might happen. Uh Um, But yeah, it's been great fun, and it's really interesting trying to incorporate a child in Jason's illustration style so a parent turns the page and knows, you know, unequivocally, that's my kid. Exactly. And I think that's uh, one of the fun things about this. Uh, The book is a little bit, it's practical in terms of the the code lessons to be learned there, but it's also whimsical and there's a bit of fantasy. Uh, The characters themselves, the fact that there's characters that represent real kids is such a fun aspect of it. And then you've got little gifts for parents too throughout the book uh, that they, little Easter eggs, if you will, that they'll, little inside jokes. Can you talk about that? Yeah, throughout the entire book, we've integrated these insider references that would you know mean the most to developers and engineers. Uh, it's little, it's little things kind of hidden, you know, gently throughout all of the pages that are references to their world. In the sense of, you know, when did a particular language exist? Is there a difference between Java and JavaScript? Um, nodes to a particular, uh, you know, there's a Rebecca Purple that's a hex color value or, mm-hmm. you know, a you know, color palette. Little things like that are, you know, sprinkled throughout the entire book. And we just thought it would be a really fun way for, 
you know, a, an engineering parent reading this to their child, this is, you know, this is like, you know, the ABCs to them, right? Mm-hmm. But if they had these little things throughout the book that they could find, like kind of look with their kid and then take that, take finding that little nugget on a page and having a whole conversation with their child about it for whatever reason, it's just, it's a way of expanding the world beyond the pages of the book and having, you know, parents and children connect in something that is a very important to that parent's world. Right, and, and it reminds me of some of the, uh, for example, some of the Pixar cartoons. They're made for children, but parents can sit there and and be entertained on a different level because there's references that they'll get that the kids probably don't get. Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, a lot of our yeah, a lot of our references will go completely over a child's head, um, mm-hmm. but we're hoping that there'll be engineers out there, you know, laughing along. Right now, we talked about how you have various kinds of characters within the book. You've got children, and you've got made-up fantasy type of characters, um, you know, all kinds of different creatures, which, you know, that's part of the title, The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code. You've got Polka Dot, you've got Blue, you mentioned Rebecca, um, that she's the hex color. Um, it, it lends to the fantasy, but you've got a larger message there as well when it comes to diversity. Talk to us about that. Yeah, The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code is. It's filled with uh, children of all races, genders, abilities, both sexes. We're, it's very important for us. Like we believe, a minor step forward to a more diverse in, in tech industry is to plant the seeds for a more diverse future by having kids of all walks of life being able to see themselves in the pages of our book. Um, you know, we just you know we've all been children. You just know that representation and visibility is really important to a kid's strong sense of self. And we believe if kids read our book, see themselves in those pages from a really young age, and as an integral part of a technical world, they'll be more inclined to be able to join and and lead that tech industry, that new digital world we live in. Exactly. And there is a movement afoot to introduce code to more than just, you know, the stereotypical you know, guy that's living in his basement, uh, drinking lots of coffee and beer, and and coding, and or the Silicon Valley uh, stereotype of coders, where that women, uh, that like you say, people of all colors and walks of life, that this you hear about the code camps and so forth. So if you could catch these kids even younger, then uh, you have an opportunity to make an even greater impact. When is the book set to launch? Uh, the campaign ends on Saturday. Uh, we will have illustrations completed by the end of December, and then we send files off to the printer January, and it will hopefully hopefully be in people's hands by the end of March. The process to get it printed and then get it um, shipped out to, at this point in time, I think we have I think we've sold close to eighteen, nineteen hundred books, and mm-hmm. our hope is to sell a bunch more in the next, you know, until Saturday. Our goal right. is to sell as many as we can. So it'll probably take at least a month, month and a half to get the books out to everybody. So the end of March is the goal to get it into people's hot little hands and then have um, nighttime reading fun with the HTML and yeah. creatures. Are you going to do an overrun so that you can sell them online uh, to people who maybe didn't participate in the Kickstarter campaign? No, that's another problem we've had is that we've had a lot of people who are like, oh, I really want this book, but I'll just wait till it comes out. The book has not come at this point in time. We do not have any outlet for a further publishing of The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code. This campaign that ends on 
Saturday afternoon is the only way that we know of at this point in time to ever get this book. So okay. um, if you have interest in a good kids book, please go to Kickstarter now and um, buy the book. So once again, go to Kickstarter and then search for The Wonderful World of Creatures and Code and you can make your contribution. And at this point, all of the funds, because you have met your goal, all of the funds are going to be going to uh, get this in the hands of children who may not have had an opportunity to learn about these kinds of things. So it's very important at this point that you continue to go out there and donate. Well, we wish you much success with this, and um, hopefully uh, you'll you'll make lots of money uh, in order to donate these additional books and uh, between now and Saturday, and, and you'll really make a difference in a lot of people's lives. That's our hope. Thank you so much for helping us get the word out there. Well, Heather, thank you for being our guest today. Once again, go out to Kickstarter and search for the wonderful world of creatures and code in order to make your contribution. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger or on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.